all of us navigate anger. Every one of us deals with anger, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, each one of us has had to go through anger. It doesn't matter if right now you're sitting there thinking, if I say, why are you angry? You could have this list that goes on forever. It could be one of those things that's like, man, I could just go on for days of why I'm angry. Some of you guys out there might be saying, I'm not an angry person. I'm not angry. And I would say, maybe you just don't realize that you're angry. Maybe you just don't show anger in the way that maybe uh, the Hulk does or, or I do. Maybe you're not as vocal. Maybe you're not as aggressive. But you are angry, and there's something that you do probably when you're angry. I'd say for the most part, there's either one of two things that you do. One, you could be a stewer. Just a person that kind of stuffs things in and keeps burying them down inside you and you just stew and you think and you kind of go over these things in your mind over and over and over again, the things that you're really angry about. Or you could be like me. You could be a spewer. No one is confused as to whether or not Deb is angry. Most everybody knows when I'm angry. I have a problem with that. This is why I wanted to teach you on this, because honestly, I struggle with anger myself. It's one of those things that I definitely deal with on a daily basis. I would say that I struggle from time to time with anger and maybe not necessarily throwing things or, you know, saying really hurtful things, but really having to deal with that anger that kind of boils up inside of you. Um, I think that a lot of times people would say that they're not angry, but maybe that's just right now you're not angry. Right now, where you sit today, right now where you're at, you're not angry. But like I said, each one of us does have anger. It's a universal problem. It's something that everybody has gone through. It's every culture has anger issues. Every generation has had anger issues. It's one of those things that we all have to work on. We have to work through. It's something that God does want us to control. So no one goes through life without getting angry from time to time. It's just one of those things. You might be all peace-loving now, and you're all like singing kumbaya, and we're all going to get along, and this life is just great and wonderful. But I'm sure if I could talk to somebody in your life, maybe even just your parents, and ask, when you were just a wee little child, how did you handle anger? I would say you'd probably get some interesting remarks. Somebody would explain something that you've done. You know, when you think about it, every one of those little kids, you know, that we've seen throw tantrums or whatever. I'm, I'm going to tell you a story about my son, Cameron, um, because I can. Because if you guys don't know, I'm Cameron's mommy. And, uh, you know, I, I got the uh, joy of raising my son. And uh, Cameron had an interesting personality. He still does. I, I love him to death. He's wonderful. But when Cameron was born, he was not a happy baby. He was a very unhappy baby. We literally called him Tomato Baby because he was always bright red. He was always crying. I mean, I I put this kid anywhere we could. You know how they say you set him on a washer and let the noise, you know, maybe take him for a ride, do this. Um, Me and Cameron literally slept on our bathroom floor for the first, I think, three months of when he was first born because it was the only place where we could have him scream and it wouldn't wake up John and Shelby. So it was one of those things that we dealt with. But when Cameron, as he grew... He's become so much more my, like David Bannon now. I mean, you guys would hardly know. But when he was first uh, young, I remember him, he, they had bunk beds, and they were in the room, and when Cameron got up, there was no doubt about it when Cameron was up. Because all you ever heard was the door, bam, slam open, and Cameron would stop through the house every morning he got up. He was angry every day he got up from the time he was born 
I think until the time he was like six. We actually have preschool pictures where everybody says, he looks like he's still sleeping. I'm like, I know. <laughs> he just hated to get up. It was one of those things about him. But you know, you yourself, you might be thinking, I'm not an angry person. But your, your parents could disagree. They could say, I remember, you know. I remember putting up with you and some of the things that you did. You know, maybe when you were a little kid, you were one of them like, you didn't get your binky in time, you know. And you let everyone around you know it, that you were unhappy. Maybe as you got a little older, someone came over, they took your favorite toy, and before you even do it, you pushed them down, they were on the ground, and you were mad. It's just what takes place. Maybe you were that kid in the grocery store that we all see. You know, the one that wants the candy, and the mom says no, and before long, they're laying on the aisle, and everyone's stepping over them, and they're throwing a fit, a tantrum, they're bright red, crying, tears just streaming down their face. Maybe you got a little older, you tried out for a team, and you didn't make it. But the other kid did. So what you do is you start saying, that kid didn't even play good. Look at him. He can't even catch the ball. He can't even do anything. Before long, you're throwing down your glove. You're throwing down the bat. You're angry. You get a little older. Someone dents your car. The car that you love, the car that you adore, someone dents it. And before long, you hardly even notice, but you are saying four-letter words like that. Maybe you're up for a promotion. You don't get it, but the other guy does. And you start to think, you know, I didn't like this place I was working for anyway. It's not even a good place. Why am I here? Why am I struggling? Why do I want a promotion? I shouldn't even be here anyway. I'm much better than this. We have this way of kind of deflecting, don't we? This way of, of kind of always deflecting it and trying to basically do something to be aggressive instead of sometimes just feeling the emotions we feel. But like I said, we all experience anger. The problem is that we think of anger as something that kind of lurks inside of us, something that's deep down, dark, creepy, ugly thing that's just lying there, just waiting to come out, like it's just there. But it's not the case. It really isn't. Anger is a response. It's something we do. It's not something we have. And I think we really need to get that and grasp down into our hearts and our minds. Because a lot of us think because, you know what, you have maybe some issues where you've dealt with anger, you start to think that there's something wrong with you. That there's something inside of you that's just ugly and evil and trying to get out. And that's not the case. There's other things that are there that maybe need to be dealt with. But it's not necessarily anger because anger is something we do. It's not something we have. Anger is a reaction. It's a reaction to some provocation. It's something that took place, and it's your response and how you're going to handle it. Did you know that the very first question that God asked outside of the Garden of Eden was to Cain, and he asked him, why are you angry? The very first question, as soon as they got out of the Garden of Eden, that's the first question that God asked. So I think if this is one of those things that God asked right off the bat, we can see that this is something we ourselves are going to have to ask ourselves. We're going to have to ask ourselves, why are we angry? Why? Why do we blow our stack? Why do we say the things that we say? Why do we do the things that we do? Why do we react in the same way? Well, maybe we need to look inside of ourselves and see what it is that we are truly feeling when we're angry. Because I think there's something more to it and I think if you look into your heart, you can see that there's something more that takes place before you get really, really angry. What's causing us at that moment to lose our cool? What emotion are we really feeling 
when we do anger? What are we experiencing at that moment? What's taking place? And if God were to ask you this just last week, like, you know, you're going to go take out the, the garbage. You pick up the garbage bag and somebody didn't put it in right and all the garbage just goes flying all over the floor and you're angry. But what are you really feeling at that moment? What are you really experiencing that you deal with with that anger? You know, maybe you're like me. This is one of my problems, guys. I'll just be really real with you. What are you feeling when you're driving down the highway and someone's on 51 and you're following them and they're going 45, then 50, then 55, then 54, then 48, then 50, then 55, and finally you have enough and you just blow past them in a huff and you're angry. What are you really feeling at that moment? What are you really experiencing that anger comes out? What were you feeling when maybe you came home at the end of the day and everyone was just not giving you any time? No one's listened to you. No one's paying attention to you. You've worked hard. You want somebody to give you a little something. Act like I matter in, my, in your life, but there's nothing there. What are you feeling when you blow up and you become angry at the people around you when they ask you to do something? But God asked Cain, why? Why are you so angry? And the reason why he asked him is because he knew that there was something more going on inside of Cain. There was something else there that he was seeing. So he asked him that question, why are you so angry? And if we can read that that scripture verse, we can see that there's something more that's revealed in there. So I'm going to read it to you. It's a little long, but it's really, really valuable to hear. It's Genesis 4, 1 through 12. It says, Now Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant. When she gave birth to Cain, she said, With the Lord's help, I have produced a man. Later she gave birth to his brother and named him Abel. When they grew up, Abel became a shepherd while Cain cultivated the ground. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of his firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right, but if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. One day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, what have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are cursed and banished from the ground, which has swallowed your brother's blood. No longer will the ground yield good crops for you, no matter how hard you work. From now on, you will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. What did he ask him? He says, what are you really feeling? Why do you look dejected? And then also, to prove the point, the fact anger is what you do, he says, what have you done? What have you done? See, we need to get this whole idea of what anger is really saying and what anger is really about. We need to get a grasp on it. Because if we get a grasp on what is really making us angry, why we're angry, we can actually heal and we can become better people. We can be David Bannon longer and better than we can be Incredible Hulk. So God makes it clear there was something that Cain was feeling. And what he says is, why do you look so dejected? Dejected means depressed. Sad spirits. 
Other translations say his countenance fell. He looked sad. There was something on his face that just stopped. And God noticed. God noticed there was something more going on. It's not just the anger, Cain. There's something more beside it that you're feeling. So God tells him it's not the anger that causes us problems. It's ultimately what we do with the anger that causes us the problems. He tells Cain, he says, sin is crouching at your door. And it's eager to control him. And he says, we must subdue it and make it its master. See, the thing, it's sin. Anger is not just down there living inside. It's, it's we have an experience. There's an other emotion that we're feeling. And it just comes out sometimes as aggression, as anger. So Cain was the very first person to get angry. And the very first person to kill someone out of anger. Isn't that sad? When you think about it, I mean, we wonder why we struggle. We wonder why we really worry why we can't get our stuff together sometimes. Look at the very first family had anger, jealousy so much that there was murder. I mean, sometimes we have to just really grasp the idea that we are failed human beings. Without God, we can do nothing right. We need his help. So it goes on to say, it says, both Cain and Abel brought the offering to God. And it's kind of a, a really interesting thing that it says that they both brought the offering, but that Abel's was accepted, but Cain's was not. And if I read through that, and I kind of did read through it fast purposely so that you, maybe you didn't grasp it at first. But if I go back and read it again, the part that he says, it says that Cain brought some of his crops to God, but Abel brought his best portions of his firstborn lambs. So you can see the difference there, can't you? It's like Cain was actually just trying to get by. Cain was like, okay, God's not going to notice the fact that I'm giving him less, that I'm really not giving him my all. Abel gave everything he could, the best of the best, the first, the best, exactly what God tells us to do in our lives. Cain didn't do it, so God didn't accept it. God has a standard that he wants us to reach. Our problem is a lot of times what we do is we give less. We give less to, than our best to him. And then we wonder why things go bad, why we are angry, because other things struggle and fight in our lives. You know, at that moment that God noticed, God noticed that experience. He noticed what took place. He noticed that Cain gave less. What was he feeling at that moment? It says he was depressed. What was he actually experiencing at that moment, I think he probably was jealous. I think he was probably a little bit like embarrassed. Probably thinking, wow, God noticed that I gave less. You know, here he was trying to bring a cheaper offering instead of trying to give God his best. Instead of really just saying, okay, I failed, I screwed up. Instead, what he did is he transferred all that onto Abel. And he was like, look at you thinking you're so great. Look at you thinking you're so wonderful. And what he did was he blamed Abel for a success instead of just taking his failure and his flaw and accepting what he did wrong. And then he goes and he kills him. I just think that we do the same thing sometimes, but we do it maybe with words. You know, there's a reason why the Bible actually says when you hate your brother, it's like murder. I think it goes back to this beginning scripture. So much hatred sometimes that's just there, that's just building up and, and there, and we have this jealousy and this hurt, and 
when we hate. I think it's a throwback. I think that's why it's so important for you to read your Bible and know your Bible because there's so much here that's revealed in the old of what we deal with today in our lives. I think what Abel was doing was given his best and Cain was really upset because he thought, man, I can't compete. I'm failure. I'm a flaw. I screw up. I think when he killed Abel, I think he was thinking, man, if I get rid of him, I have no one to be compared to. Because don't we all compare ourselves to other people? Maybe the success that other people have, the things that they have, the titles that they have. And there's something inside of us that's kind of hurt. It's struggling. It's inside there and you can't get it out. I think he was just thinking, if I kill Abel, my offering then won't look so bad. I think that's what's wrong with what we do still today. I think we can say and do some pretty horrible things to and about the people that we love sometimes in our anger. I think sometimes we let some things fly out and we wish we could get them back and you know you can't get them back. They're just there. They fall like a lead balloon. Boom. They're right there and it's hard to get past them. We say hurtful things in our anger but we have to ask why we do the things that we do. There's a saying that says hurt people hurt people. And I think that statement is very, very true. And I know that's my experience. I know I have that same experience. There's hurts that are buried deep inside me that I still struggle with. When I get angry, a lot of times it has nothing to do with the anger. It has something to do with feeling maybe um, disrespected or hurt or, or feeling all these feelings that maybe were there as a kid. I've told you before, I, I was raised, my mom died when I was seven, my dad was never around, and I went to live with my sister. I have a lot of hurts that I still carry. There's still times where me and John will talk, and I'll still feel that same feeling of hurt, you know, that, that I feel. Like, no one cares. No one's listening. No one's paying attention. You feel that emotion. And out of it sometimes comes anger. There was an experience I had about two weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I had this experience where a lot of times, you know, somebody will say something and, you know, I, I, pastors become very, very good with wearing a blank face. We're really, really good because I'm going to tell you, you hear some crazy stuff as a pastor. People come up and start telling you stuff and you're like, okay. And you just smile and yeah. you do the little doggy in the window nod and just keep going, uh-huh. But I had an experience where it was like somebody come up after church and they were talking to me and they were sharing something and what they thought they were saying probably was nothing. They probably thought I was past it. But what they shared with me was the fact that they were talking to someone and they said, why do you go to that church? She just wanted her own church. That's why she started Acts Church. I'm like, for one thing, I didn't start Acts Church. For another, uh, I talk maybe one every, once every month or two. Um, I didn't want my own church. I could have sat back and lived an easy life, man. I had it made. But when Cameron got the call to start this church, when he was in England, had nothing to do with me. But, you know, some people like to push things off on you. And, you know, I thought I was, I'm like, that doesn't bother me none. That is until I got in the car and I drove home alone. And I started thinking about these feelings that I was feeling. And I became very angry. You know, I, I love God. I love Jesus so much because I can tell you, I just spew forth and I tell them what I'm feeling. So on the way home, I was like, what's wrong with these people? 
they're crazy. Like, I'd want my own church. That's why I wanted it. Like, what? You guys are crazy. And this is insane. And God, these people are ridiculous. And I yelled and I screamed and I was angry. And I got about halfway home and I thought, what are you really feeling? I'm hurt. I'm hurt because I'm misunderstood. That's what it is. You're just misunderstood. You're hurt. You're thinking, that's not it. I'm hurt because you don't understand that there was a call to do this. It has nothing to do with me. All I did was say, yes, I'll go with you, Cameron. (laughs) That's the only thing I said. You know, it's just so hard sometimes because you feel so hurt, so misunderstood. And what comes out of that is this explosive anger instead. And I think it came out with me because I had no one to talk to, so I just talked to God. God, this is what I'm feeling. You know, we have those things inside of us. We have those hurts, those things that maybe we've dealt with when we were kids or things that we've experienced on the job or maybe a broken relationship. Somebody took advantage of you. Something happened. And that hurt is just there. And it doesn't take much, just a little spark to light everything up. You know, I think society and the hard knocks of life, man, they teach us one thing, and that's one thing is we got to show strength in that moment. When someone gets us, we got to get them back. You hit me, I'm hitting you harder. That's what society teaches us. Maybe that's what you taught your kids. Truth is, though, what we do, and the reason why we do that is because it's much easier to show strength than it is to show vulnerability. When we're vulnerable, we don't want to give anybody that opportunity to kick us down when we're, like, curled up on the floor. Man, if I'm up and I'm over you and I'm yelling and I'm screaming, I look like I'm in control. When I'm laying down there, you're in control. The reason why we always fall back on anger is because we can look like we have it all together. But we don't. We didn't from the very beginning of time with Cain and Abel, and we still don't today. We still struggle. If you've done gardening at all in your life, you know that you have to get to the root of the weed. You can go out in the garden and the whole thing could be covered in weeds and you could have that hard, hard ground and you can take a hoe and you could scrape every weed off and it will look amazingly beautiful. It'll look like you did everything great. All it takes is a couple rains. And before long, you're going to go out there and all that is going to be covered again with weeds because you didn't get to the root. The root is still there. It's still there feeding it all. The problem with anger is we have to figure out what is our root. What's our root? What's inside there? What is it that's really causing us this pain? What's hurt inside of us that has to be dealt with? You know, I think that we really have to internalize instead of externalize sometimes the things that we do. It's much easier, just like I say, to to blow up and have people run for cover instead of just saying, guys, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. It's taken me a long time, long time to get through some of the things that I've dealt with. You know, I think sometimes when we're ready to blow, we need to ask ourselves, why am I angry? Why? Why am I losing my cool at this moment? What is it about me? Psalm 4.4, it says, be angry yet do not sin. Think about this when upon your beds and be silent. 
So you see what it says? God says you can be angry. He says anger's okay. Yet do not sin. So anger is not a problem. It's just sinning, taking in the next step. That's the problem. So be angry, yet do not sin. But then it says, think about this. When you're laying on your beds and you're silent, see, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to really think through who we are as human beings. What are we feeling? What are the things that we're dealing with? What scars do we have? What wounds are still open? What has to be brought into the light and dealt with? And that's those moments when we're laying in bed. We have to say, God, why do I keep making these same mistakes? Why do I hurt people that I love? Why do I say the things I say? Why do I do the things I do? What is it about me? And you know what? God is so good because he'll start to pinpoint when you ask him. Maybe you never dealt with this. Maybe you're still going around the bend because you've never dealt with this hurt. Maybe that's another struggle you have. So why are you angry? You yourself, where you sit today, you know, like I said, you might be a spewer like me or you might be a stewer. My husband, he just, honest to God, he just doesn't seem like he ever gets angry. And it's probably really great that we are together because we would be like, you know, I'd be like, yeah, screaming and he would be screaming and we'd never get anything accomplished. John is just such an easy, even keel kind of guy. I've had to apologize to my husband many a time because some of the things I've said. You know, the thing is, we all have our ways of dealing with anger. Maybe you are a steward. You just keep pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down. But I will tell you, eventually, it will come out. It'll come out. Maybe you'll just escape one day. Maybe you're just like, I'm done, I'm out. And you'll just shut the door on relationships. Or maybe you'll say too much and people will leave you. We a lot of times have the same mistakes happen happen over and over and over in our lives, and it's because we've never dealt with that root of the problem, what we're actually dealing with. You know, when you think about your past, are you hurt by something that happened in your childhood? Are you hurt by some relationship maybe that didn't pan out? Somebody that said they were going to be there for you forever, and then they weren't. Someone said something to you, man, you just can't get past it. You can't get past it. I'm a very vocal person. I, I, I talk a lot. <laughs> I talk a lot. I'm like your normal female that says a lot more you know, words than you probably should. But you know, I think back at some of the things that I've dealt with, and I, I, I truly do. I talk to God so many times. If somebody walked in my house, they'd probably think I was crazy. Like, who are you talking to all the time? I talk to God. I'll have some experience that took place, and I'll just think, God, why? Why am I like this? Why do I say the things I do? Or I'm still dealing with this hurt. I'm still dealing with this pain, God. Maybe you were taken advantage of or cheated by someone. Maybe they really stole from you, took something from you. And it's hard to get past it now. So everything blows up when you have the littlest thing. We had an experience, um, December 20th is my husband's birthday. And while we were celebrating his birthday, someone was at our other house stealing seven loads of our firewood. I was extremely angry. And not because they took something that was monetary, but they took what I was upset was they took my husband's time. Two years of work, of cutting down trees, splitting trees, stacking it up, doing it all. 
That's what made me angry, is they stole our time, which we have so little of, I feel. That made me super angry. Angry enough that my first response was, I didn't do it, my first response was to put up a sign that said, hope this firewood keeps you as warm in the winter as the flames of hell will as you die. (laughs) I didn't do it. But my first response was that, guys. I'll be honest with you. That was my first response. But, you know, we all have those moments where we just get that feeling that comes over us and we turn into this green hulk of a creature. And we say things that, in truth, we would never say to a person if we thought about it or took a moment to think it through. But you have to ask yourself, why are you angry? What are you really holding down deep inside? Truth of the matter is we need to get to to the point of it, and we need to get to the root of it, and we need to get over it. (laughs) We do. We need to heal. You can't keep doing life the way you're doing it. And that might sound harsh to some of you. You might say, like, you know, but you don't understand my hurts. I think a lot of people walk around. We're the walking wounded. Most of us have deep, deep hurts. People have said things. People have done things. People have mistreated you. But we have to get over it. We have to quit making people around us pay for all those sins that have happened to us in the past. Those hurts, we can't use them to hurt others anymore. It's time for us to dig out those weeds by the roots and move on. So we need to ask God, while we're lying in our beds, what is it that's causing me these hurts? What is it that's really there? And we need to confess them. We need to confess them to God. And you know what you really need to do? You need to be vulnerable to the people around you that you love, and you need to tell them what you're really feeling. I've been married for, it'll be 34 years this October, And there was something on a morning walk that not too long ago I told my husband I had never told him before. Something that I had that happened when I was a kid. I'd never told him. You know, it's like there's times where you have to let that air out of the balloon. Kind of those things why you maybe feel the emotions and the the anger and the frustration. And you have to kind of let it out. It needs to be confessed. God's word tells us to confess our things to each other. If you're in a relationship with somebody and you love them so much that you have the opportunity to hurt them so much, you have the the rule in your life should be that you tell them what you really feel. I deal with this pain on a daily basis, you need to tell them. I'm dealing with this hurt, something that took place. It's only fair to them that you reveal what's really hidden in your heart and explain this. We need to ask God to help us to heal. You know, if, we, if there's things that we're dealing with, we need to say, God, I need you still. I need, I need you to come in and heal my heart. There's still struggles there. There's still hurts. There's still open wounds. It's been many, many years, and I'm still struggling. We also need to work on our self-control. You know, in those moments when you do have to, like, decide what it is going to be, you know, count to ten, you know, take control. You have to watch what you say. It can't be letting the shrapnel fly every single time that you say things and do things because the people around you are collateral damage. You can't live life that way. Because eventually, I always say, you treat people around you, what happens is you treat them like a dog. You know, if you kick a dog so many times, what's going to happen is they're either going to run away or they're going to bite you. It's how we treat people in our lives. We've got to do better. 
We can't keep treating people the way that we treat people. We also need to ask God to give us more wisdom. You know, the Bible, I tell you all the time, read your Bible, read your Bible. There's so many things that God can teach us if we read the Bible. There's so many things that we can ask. There's so many more weapons that we can fight with in this world if we read the Bible and we see what we can ask for. He says we can ask for favor when you go into a situation. I can tell you, my kids, favor's been all over them. I prayed for them for favor many, many, many years. God give them favor, and they've had it. I pray for more wisdom. I need it. God, give me more wisdom. Help me to make better choices. Help me to be smart about my decisions. Your will, God, not my will. You first, what you want. But we need to ask God for wisdom. Proverbs seventeen twenty seven says, The one who has knowledge uses words with restraint, and whoever has understanding is even-tempered. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. There's times where I can handle things and I can be very even-tempered, and there's times where I'm not so good. But if I look at those moments when I really blow my stack or lose my cool, it's because I'm feeling something more inside. Maybe I feel like I'm not important or something's not working out in my life, but my emotions are there. They're raw. Each one of us has an experience that we've gone through as a kid. And just like David Bannon, just like David Bannon who had this overdose of gamma radiation that interacted with his unique body chemistry, each of us too has a unique set of experiences and problems and struggles that we've gone through that we have to get to the root of and figure out what's there and what's causing us this pain that we would actually hurt those around us and say things and do things to cause pain to others. That's number one in the message series. I want you to come back for two and three. But first, let me pray for you guys. Lord, I do pray for each person that's here. Lord, you know we struggle. You see it. Lord, you notice. Just like your word says, you notice with Cain. You notice our hearts. You notice the things that we deal with. You notice when we look dejected. You know when we're hurt. I just pray, Father, for each one of us, Lord, to look inside of our hearts, to confess what it is, Lord, that we're really feeling. Whether we are young, old, male, female, Lord, I pray that you give us the strength to really reveal what it is that we're feeling. And I just pray, Father, that you would help us, Lord, pull them weeds out by the root, Lord God, that we would work on ourselves and become the people, Lord, that you would want us to be. I just pray for each person that's here. I pray that you would help them in their struggles if they deal with anger. Lord, even if it's those little things, Lord God, even if they're not the people that come apart like Incredible Hulk, but Lord, they're the stewards. Lord, you know we all have to get to the root of our problems. And Lord, I ask that you would just touch each person here today. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.